This is Everything Is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live and sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, bringing you the latest insight into everything to do with Newcastle United. Find us on iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. This is the Everything Is Black and White podcast brought to you by Chronicle Live. You can find us on Acast, iTunes, Spotify or most podcast providers. It's Chris Knight here standing in for Andrew Musgrove this week and it's time for our weekend preview. Newcastle hosts Manchester City and I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Simon Bykowski from the Manchester Evening News. Thanks for joining us, Simon. Hi, you're right. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, so we'll start with the injury latest. Um, Aguero's been ruled out, hasn't he? Is there any other further updates from the Champions League? So, I mean, I'm Eric Laporte and Leroy Sane are the, the long-term absentees. Um, Alex Zinchenko is also out. And yeah, Sergio Aguero isn't going to make this one either. Um, so those are the... The four, um, as it were, they didn't really take any more damage in the in the Champions League. And Rodri and, and David Silva are both fit to play. And obviously, in terms of Aguero being the most recent injury, um, Jesus has always proven to be quite a capable deputy when he stepped in from the bench. Um, how big an impact do you think Aguero's absence will be? And how long is he actually out for? Um, Aguero will be out for a few more weeks so they've got the derby a week on Saturday he's not likely to make to make that um, it, it's always a big deal when Aguero misses a game just because he's got such a phenomenal record against pretty much every Premier League team including Newcastle so it's almost sort of psychological as much as anything that the defenders are sort of happy not to, to have to go up against him but as you say Jesus has has a very good record. Um, he's been playing very well this season. I know he sort of had a, a very good record last season without necessarily playing that well, but um, he's been really good this season. His performances have been right up there. So I don't think the absence of Aguero will be as big as it would have been maybe last season. But I mean, it's always he's always missed because he's one of the best strikers in the in the league. Mm-hmm. And. Obviously, by most teams' standard, the start City have made would be quite impressive. But given the form of Liverpool and they've dropped points maybe you wouldn't have expected, what is the mood in the camp within City and, I guess, with supporters? Um, I think the the mood in the camp for City is kind of us against the world. It's kind of turned into this season. Um Guardiola certainly has driven this idea that they're not getting any decisions, they're not getting any any support or any love. And it, it, if they are going to retain the title, then they're going to have to do it themselves. So it's, it's that kind of mentality that that's in the squad. At the same time, they're pretty calm about being nine points behind um, at this stage of the season. It's not where they want to be, but they sort of see that there's... There's a long, long way to go. And at this point of last season, um, Liverpool Liverpool kind of looked unbeatable up until about January when City beat them. So they had half a season where they looked like they weren't going to slip up. And then they did. So I think that is given City optimism because they know that they've been there in this position before and they've done it before they've come back to beat Liverpool. As far as the supporters go, I think there's an acceptance that 
this team is struggling a bit. Things haven't quite been right all season. And, uh, and yeah, the performances are not really what the fans are used to seeing. So the kind of expectations have been lowered a bit, I would say, um, over the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. And what's Pep's uh, what's Pep's take been on it? Or he's spoken in the media, and like after the Liverpool game, he was quite proud of the performance. But I guess behind the scenes, is he unhappy with how things are going on the pitch? Well, I mean, it was it was kind of clear from the summer when they had they had a dreadful preseason tour. Um, that I mean, the first week involved Newcastle in the Premier League. Asia Trophy where City turned up two days late because the plane had a problem in Manchester and it, it was just a really um, terrible tour. They ended up at least kind of one centre-back short um, because they wouldn't pay the asking price for Harry Maguire. Then Laporte got injured, so they've kind of lost company and Laporte, the two best defenders basically, and not replaced them. Um, and I think that is why you're seeing them having more defensive problems this season. Um, and then also with that it's funny because the Liverpool game was probably one of the best performances in the last few months they played really really well um, but it was just a few things went against them and they weren't as clinical as they needed to be um, in the box and they got caught by by a very good team but that Liverpool performance was probably better than quite a few of the wins they've had sort of around that game so I think Guardiola will be looking for more performances like they gave at Anfield than the ones they've given um, elsewhere because they've been a bit erratic um, in the last few weeks really Mm -hmm. and I know Pep actually said after the game he was really proud of the way they played at Anfield you've had the international break since they've beaten Chelsea and they managed to get through in the Champions League what were those two performances like? Um, The Chelsea one it, it, it was okay. Um, they started okay and then Chelsea surprised them. And a very good Chelsea team, it should be said. But I think it's three league games in a row now where they've conceded the first goal. And uh, last season, only three out of the, the 38 games they, they conceded the first goal. So that is showing you that the defence kind of can be got at and... It is being got at basically teams are having more success against them um, there's a lot of talk about sort of the some of the intensity being lost in the midfield so that again they're going to have to to work on really as they go forward because they can't afford to drop any more points so I mean the character of the team is still there they're fighting they've come back from goals behind to win games um, and they obviously still have a lot of quality but it's just a little harder for them to win games than it should be at the minute. Mm-hmm. And we'll get onto the defence in a minute. But with the lineup that you're probably expecting on Saturday, who would you say are the men that are most likely to step up for City? Um, the, the two that you can sort of never, never rule out are Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne. De Bruyne looked in summer like he was going to have an absolutely phenomenal season. And he certainly set off that way. He's slowed down a bit in the last few months. He's not quite been as as creative and as kind of a one-man wrecking ball as he can be. But he he still has the quality to win a game at the top of a hat. And 
I don't think there's anyone in the league quite like him when he's on form. And then Raheem Sterling has just become this goal machine for City where he can just pop up and score any kind of goal at any moment. It's been quite amazing to see how he's come on in the last three years or so. Um, and he's now at the point where he, you know, it's his main goal to, to score important goals that win important games. And he's very capable of doing that. So even with Aguero in the team, Sterling's been threatening him for top scorer. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Sterling kick on and uh, move quite a few past him while Aguero's out. Mm-hmm. And you've mentioned the defence and the players that have left and that are currently injured. It's been widely talked about, but you've seen them week in, week out. Just how bad are they? Or is it kind of overstated? Um, how bad or what? Sorry. Sorry, the defence. Uh, the defence. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, it's not like they're terrible, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't say. It's just more they're giving opponents more opportunities and better opportunities. Um, they seem like they have a bit less control in the midfield because it's really been the midfield that's won them the last two titles. They've sort of been, teams haven't been able to kind of even lay a glove on them whereas mm-hmm. with Fernandinho moving out of the midfield Rodri is a very good player but isn't quite the same player as, as Fernandinho so, and uh, also if you have Rodri he's pretty slow so if you have Ilkay Gundogan in that midfield as well it's it's a pretty slow midfield and teams don't have to work as hard to get opportunities so the defence is getting less protection and also, we haven't seen John Stones or Nicholas Otamendi produce the type of performance that a title-winning team needs. Fernandinho has been very good in defence. He's still had moments where it's been clear that he's not, first and foremost, a central defender, um, which has its own problems. They've had problems at left-back because Benjamin Mendy has not really been able to, to show he can be reliably fit they brought in Angelino in the summer, but he doesn't look like a first-team player, really. And João Cancelo has played a few games on the left, but not much. Zinchenko's injured. So, it, I mean, they've not been helped by injuries in the fact that you can't have as stable a defence if it's never the same back four in front of Edison. Um it just seems like as soon as they solve one problem, another one pops up. You can't really rely that the defence is going to be stable and opposition teams are, are taking advantage of that, really. We hope you've enjoyed this episode so far. It's sponsored by Hodgson Motor Group, the North East number one family-owned Toyota, Mazda and Suzuki dealership group. Please remember to like and subscribe to the podcast through wherever you get your podcasts from. And with Newcastle this season, we've got the front three that are still learning how to play together. Inconsistent, to say the least, to be honest. But uh, managers have spoken about their danger in transition. Obviously, the way the game's going to go on Saturday, you're expecting Newcastle to play counter-attacking with City dominating the ball. Do you think the players that Newcastle have going forward actually meet might be quite well suited to taking on this city defence. Yeah, I think I think they could. Um I think the one thing that City and a lot of other defences hate most is unpredictability. And I think 
certainly quite a few of Newcastle's attackers might not be able to, um, you know, produce it every week, but they do have that talent that is able to to cause a a shock and a goal. Um, and I, I do think, you know, I know Almiron's got quite a bit of criticism um, at times, and you, you know, there's there's a few. Yeah, it's not it's not been the most consistent dis- display from Newcastle all season, really. But I mean, they've done they've tended to do better against the better teams, um, which would suggest that they've got you know plenty to uh, to threaten City with. And I, I just think that there's certainly goals in it for Newcastle because they have got the players that can can surprise City. I would say. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned Almiron there. So Maximin's come in and he's excited and also frustrated in parts. Would you say the two of them are perhaps the danger men that City will be not concerned about, but perhaps planning for the most? Yeah, I mean, I would say that Almiron is obviously kind of in a bit of a difficult spot at the minute and but has got the talent. I mean, Sam Maximin is kind of encapsulating the season almost, the sort of... You just don't know what he's going to produce at any one time. Um, and it's the same with Newcastle. Just when you think they're, they're hitting a good point, they then have a, a really bad result or performance and, and then they come out and claim a surprise. So it, it's, um, I think those two certainly will be the two that can cause City most problems, I would say, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much impossible to do this chat now without mentioning what happened last year. Um, how much has the result from last season sort of been mentioned with, among City fans and maybe within the club itself? Is it something that they're looking back on and thinking, what can they learn from? Or is that just dismissed as a blip, perhaps? Well, I mean, that night was, was enormous, really. It was the night that Guardiola thought in his heart that City had blown the league because he'd seen them go... 1-0 up early on and then just in in his words kind of forget how to play um, and that was because they'd been struggling around Christmas and they lost three times in December and then they beat Liverpool at the start of January and put together a real terrific January they won six games in a row I think and they went to Newcastle all spirits high and then I think it was the night Newcastle announced Almer on signing it, there was just a, a buzz around St James's and uh and even the early golden kind of um, deflate that, and so it was. Yeah, it was a real, a really big night in City season, and I mean they, they won 14 straight games after that. But it, it probably took a month after that game for Guardiola to kind of appreciate that. Right, this team is is here and is going to turn up every week because from what he saw at Newcastle, um, he or you know a team that didn't carry out what he wanted them to do and so the way Guardiola is I would fully expect him to be sort of paying extra attention this time round and making sure that the players are drilled 100% to know what they're doing and uh, be able to carry that out because once when he gets bad results he um, you know as, as everyone does likes to make sure that it, it doesn't happen again but yeah the, the Newcastle game is firmly etched in in his memory and in the memory of a lot of the players and the club Mm -hmm. and off to that 
after that game, they they went on an incredible run and they managed to pit Liverpool Liverpool to the title. Um, obviously, you spoke about what Pep learned from that game. What what did he learn about his team? Because as you said, they were one 0 up, and then he, in his own words, they seemed to stop playing. Yeah, it's um, it, it was it was kind of an unwanted throwback. They'd um, they'd been quite poor around the Christmas period. They lost at home to Crystal Palace, where they'd taken the lead, and then Palace had gone on and and shocked them really. And then the next game, they went to Leicester on Boxing Day, took the lead, sort of stopped playing again, and. Um, and, and Leicester took full advantage. It's one of those things where Guardiola says kind of he doesn't mind his team being beaten, but he wants full effort and intensity from them. He doesn't want anyone to to run more than them, them or to fight more than them. So um, Newcastle, he, he, you know, it looks like those Christmas issues had had gone, and then at the end of January, up popped Newcastle, and and they just kind of froze and, and stopped playing and every every change he made in the game seemed to go wrong. He moved Fernandinho back and then Fernandinho gave the penalty away and it was it, it was just a really strange evening and a, a kind of reminder for for the manager that the problems that he hoped had gone away um had not. And they're kind of in a similar situation this season where you just don't know what kind of performance they're they're gonna give. They, you know, they were excellent at Liverpool where they lost after the international break. They were pretty good against Chelsea. Um, and then in the Champions League this week, they were pretty poor. So you, you, at the minute, he's at that same stage that they were last season when they came to Newcastle where you're just not quite sure what team performance is going to pop out. Mm-hmm. And so... Given that and the game from last year, and you've already said they can't afford to drop any more points, is this kind of a banana skin for City, this game? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, any uh, Guardiola sort of talks a lot about history and, and big grounds and big clubs and St. James's Park and Newcastle is definitely that. Um, they, they simply can't afford to drop any more points. They have to be be up for the challenge so I mean maybe that will push it through in the way that they they made it past Chelsea but kind of slumps at home to, to Shakhtar Donetsk maybe Newcastle will be you know a game that they they realise they have to win and then are uh, are up for that but especially with the results Newcastle have got this season you have to say it's a it's a massive banana skin for City because um, kind of just when you've expected Bruce's team not to get the result up the top with one so um, City are going to have to be very careful but in a way um, the mentality will have to be what it is for, for every league game now in that they, there's simply no room for them not to win mm-hmm. and sorry to go back a bit but I remember you mentioning about the midfield this year maybe being, being a bit too slow Um there's talk here, given the performance on Monday, maybe the Longstaff brothers would come back. Obviously, a bit more youthful, a bit more energy compared to Shelby and Hayden. Do you think that might be quite a smart switch, given what you've just told me about the current state of City's midfield? Yeah, I think it could be. Um, I, I might be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure 
it was early in Sean Longstaff's career the um, the game in January yeah. uh, when they played and, and, and that was really one of the big differences that kind of hunger and intensity from from Longstaff was in, in contrast to, to the City midfield they were a bit passive and they let Longstaff kind of get at them and not let them settle on the ball um, because what City love more than anything is, is time on the ball in that midfield to be able to to pull defences apart and if they're not getting that then the whole team struggles creatively so um, if if Newcastle are to get anything from this game I think sort of as as industrious as a midfield as possible is going to be needed mm. and given everything you've just said how important it is how do you see Saturday going um, I, I think City will win yeah. simply because they have to win um, and they generally, I would say, have played better away from home this season. Um, I don't know whether it's because they know it's going to be harder or there's a bit more expectation on them to entertain at home, I'm not sure, but generally they've been better away. Um, so I, I do think that that they will, they will pick up maybe 2-3-1. I can see them conceding, but I think they will probably have have too much for Newcastle but the, the way they've been playing you uh, you absolutely can't rule out any any scoreline right brilliant well I think that's everything from me Simon thanks for joining us today no problem thanks for having me no worries and that's everything from us on the everything is black and white podcast thank you very much